The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, Will you also go and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever's right? So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because nobody has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who is hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Or are you envious? because I am generous. Jonah wasn't mad. He wasn't envious. He just was mad. He was furious because God was so gracious and so generous to the Ninevites. You remember the whole story of Jonah and the whale. This is, this is the end of the story. Jonah, of course, is called by God to go and preach to Nineveh. Jonah is scared of doing that. So he tries to head off on a boat for the other end of the world. God sends the fish, swallows up Jonah, spits him up, and he heads off to Nineveh where he has a message for that great city. Repent. Turn from your evil ways. If you watch the VeggieTales version of it, stop slapping each other with fishes. And they did which is not what Jonah was looking forward to. I mean, he went, you know, and you almost get the sense he just sort of gave the most perfunctory message he possibly could, and then he went up on the, on the hilltop to watch the fireworks. He was ready to see God smite them, do a real Sodom and Gomorrah number on the place. Now, eventually that does happen. You can read the book of Nahum. But at that time, they repented. Jonah was deeply disappointed. God said, you know, you're upset because this vine that I let grow up over your head 
disappeared. Shouldn't I be upset about this huge city where you have 120,000 who neither know their right hand from their left, probably meaning people who are too young to know their right and their left. Some of us still have to do this to make sure we get the right one. Now, Jonah was frustrated because God was gracious. Jonah wanted to see God execute his wrath. Jonah wanted to see God be just. Jonah wanted to see God be righteous. And sure enough, God said, I will be righteous. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to show grace. I'm going to respond to these people when they respond to me, when they respond to my message. But that wasn't exactly the situation with these workers in the vineyard. Now again, uh, as with the parable of the sower, we have a prime illustration of how the parables are not about how we're supposed to act. They're about what God is like. Just like in the parable of the sower, the lesson is not to go out and when you plant seeds, throw away three-quarters of them. In this case, Jesus is not talking about how you're supposed to handle labor relations. Because if you think about this just for a second, what happens the next morning at 6 a.m. when the landowner rolls up to Home Depot and tries to get some guys to work? What are they going to say? Come back at 5. No. Everybody listening to Jesus would have known from the behavior of this landowner that this is not what people do. This is not how people hire. This is not how people pay. Now, something else is going on. This is, in fact, Jesus illustrating that in God's economy, the last will be first and the first will be last. That, of course, does not sit well with the people who worked all day. And yet, what does the landowner say to them? Are you envious because I am generous? This is my money. I have every right in the world to pay as I see fit. You and I agreed that you would work for a day for a denarius. You worked for a day, here's your denarius. We're good. If I want to pay these other guys the same thing I paid you for doing less work, it's none of your business. Or are you envious because I am generous? See, the way the Greek there reads literally is, is your eye evil because I am good? Is your eye evil because I am good? You know, there are still, still cultures that believe in the evil eye. Some cultures where you, you, you never want to uh, praise, uh, like if somebody's walking their baby, you never want to say, what a beautiful baby, because that's interpreted to mean that you have a desire to have the baby. You, you say, well, you must be very proud or you must be very happy, but you don't praise the baby. In fact, sometimes people instinctively do like this. Back before there were heavy metal concerts, this was the sort of superstitious way you would ward off the evil eye, the covetous eye, the eye that wants to possess for itself what someone else has. Is your eye evil 
because I am good. See, the problem that these folks had, understandably, was that they had worked all day long. They had worked in the heat of the day. They had done most of the productive work that this landowner needed to have done. They had increased his wealth more than these other guys had. But their real problem, their real problem, what they said was, you have made these equal to us. You have made them equal to us. What they resented was the idea that these other people who hadn't worked as hard as they had were their equals. Now, as a matter of fact, in the story, the landowner did not make them their equals. He simply paid them the same. They chose to interpret how much they got paid as being made equal. But they resented the idea that these people who had not worked as hard, who hadn't gotten up really early to be in that first group of people to get picked, that they got the same. You know, even if this parable is not about teaching us how we are supposed to handle our worldly affairs, I do think Jesus has a word for us about our attitudes. The fact is, in a very real sense, we are all equal, and that we were all equally made in God's image. So all human beings are equally human. And some would say, because of that, they have inherent dignity that other human beings ought to support, ought to care for. That was, of course, what Torah said about how people with means are supposed to provide for those who aren't. It says there shall be no poor among you. Therefore, when there are poor among you, and that doesn't mean that the author of Deuteronomy was schizophrenic, no, when there are poor among you, those who have means should provide for those who don't. So, in many ways, this landowner was, by being generous, by providing a full day's wage for people who didn't manage to work all day, was still making sure that they could provide for their families. And I should note, Torah was also very clear that the landowner was right to say that I do have the right to do what I want to with my own money. Thou shalt not steal only makes sense if there is such a thing as private property. But not only are we equal to each other in our humanity, we are equal to each other in our need for Jesus' mercy. The fact is, the thief on the cross who repented at the very last minute received just as much salvation as Mother Teresa did. The most ornery sinner among us receives just as much salvation as the most pious because God is a God who justifies the ungodly. While we were yet sinners, Paul says, Christ died for us. Now, you can resent that that makes you equal to somebody that you think didn't work as hard as you. You can resent that that 
makes you equal to somebody who needed more sins forgiven than you did. I guess you're free to do that. But it's not going to come out looking very good for you when the story's told. I mean, we can relate to these guys who were annoyed because they had to work all day and they got paid the same thing. But Jesus' point at the end is the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's how God's economy works. You don't have to like it, but it's going to go better for you if you start trying to wrap your head around it. Amen.